Hello, stargazers. Welcome to Seventh House Astrology, where I take any topic that is astrological, any topic related to relationships or romance, or a little bit of both worlds. I investigate it under the lens of sinistry astrology, otherwise known as love or relationship astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So before I begin with this week's episode... I do have to announce uh, one thing that's going on with my Patreon page. So uh, for those of you who may have uh, visited my Patreon page, it is under construction. And um, one of the biggest reasons um, is that I kind of, uh, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to announce was that, you know, with becoming a member, I am actually toying with the idea of making exclusive podcasts for those who do become members of this podcast and actually also recording those exclusive podcasts. Um, I am toying with this. I'm thinking about actually starting this venture soon within this week. So definitely, um, if you do see uh, some uh, episodes that are labeled private, mainly that is an indication that those are the exclusive episodes. For those of you who become members, um, again, visit patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology. And I'm going to give you guys a little tease. I am thinking with the exclusive episodes of actually taking, so kind of like what I was doing on Instagram, and I'll still continue with this with Instagram, but really just taking the chart of the moment for this time being, taking an aspect of that and actually giving predictions like what does this mean or what does, what does this particular transit or what does this particular situation mean when it comes to relationships? Um, I'm actually growing really excited. I think that this is a great actual avenue. Um, for this podcast, a great expansion, so to speak. So definitely take a look out for that. And like I said, visit patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology uh, to really uh, learn how to become a member um, of this podcast. I think it's for as little as $2 per month um, that you can become a member, which guys, if you kind of calculate it, I mean, that's a lot less than what we pay for lattes um, at coffee shops or what we pay for, you know, morning to go sort of breakfast things and morning to go sort of things um, every morning uh, when you kind of add that up. So um, like I said, definitely, please feel free to become a member. And um, I will definitely, like I said, I'm definitely very excited to start this new venture, uh, um, expand this podcast and new ventures there. And, and it'll be interesting to see It'll be interesting to see your guys' reactions to uh, the predictions and how you guys like that as well. Um, one thing that I do have to note before I even begin as well, man, I don't know if you guys have felt the moon squared Pluto and Pluto's shift from Capricorn to Aquarius. Actually, um, right now it's in, it's in retrograde, Pluto that is. But, uh, you know, so it's moving back into Capricorn, but man, oh man, I, I mean, I'm just, I cannot believe what has been going on and around me, um, when it has come to these particular transits. For starters, I have actually noticed, especially with the moon squared Pluto, which basically causes people to feel as though, you know, especially if the moon is hitting, 
at a particular angle in your chart or Pluto, even worse, is hitting at a particular angle in your chart to where it's causing some sort of upset. Normally, a lot of people, I, I've just noticed that a lot of people have been feeling more in their power sector a lot lately. And I just wanted to mention the stargazers because um, this is, so if Pluto is affecting you adversely, and I will be um, covering this more in the exclusive, one of the exclusive episodes, but, um, you know, if Pluto is affecting you, so it's, if you're, uh, you know, definitely an Aquarian, if you're in Leo as well, like the first decanter of Leo, I think is really reeling. Um, so those who are born, you know, July the 22nd to roughly about August 1st, um, you know, if you guys are kind of within that decanter, the first decanter of Leo, what we call it, um, you know, I think you guys are feeling this transit far more profoundly. And I think, you know, especially the Pluto transit, especially. And I think really what's going on is that it seems like you just feel this inspired need to just take control over everything or just kind of crush things with power. The one thing that I really want to remind each and every one of you stargazers, and I mean, this could also be an effect with you, even if you're not in Leo or not in Aquarius, but, um, you know, Pluto is a definite time for transformation, and it's not just, you know, the lesser value of it is to take power or to lord over someone for whatever reason is going on in your brain. In fact, if that's the only reason or if that's the only, you know, sort of energy that you're taking from this, I think you're taking the wrong energy from it. And you're not going to go through this transit very well if all you're going to do is overlord people. I had this situation with a coworker. He was so convinced that I touched something on his desk, a particular Keurig machine. I did not. And let's just say he ended up giving administering a death threat this last week. So that's a great example of, you know, sit, sitting in your power a little too much and, you know, taking, you know, kind of being abusive and wielding that power a little too wrongly. Um, so I think the one thing that I just really want to remind everybody is, you know, if there is something that is causing a power shift or a power struggle in your life, this is a great time to really look inward. And if you're shy about looking inward, get over the shyness. If you're afraid to look inward, get over that fear because that's not going to serve you in this time right now. Um, if you're just going to be shy or just going to be afraid, you have to look inward, especially if you're feeling the effects of Pluto. You know, the effects of Pluto, what that's actually calling you to do is to change, to transform. And the more that you're going to transform, meaning the more that you can change and the more that you can change your perspective and the more that you can change how you react to certain things in life, the better you're going to be with this. A great example, I actually started feeling the Pluto shift um, at the beginning of this month. I remembered, I think it was like late last month into the beginning of this month. I remembered I went to go see the movie Renfield and actually started to realize I was actually in a codependent relationship in the place where I was working. 
And, you know, instead of being like Renfield, where it's like, okay, yeah, damn the man, let's go ahead and kill these people. Um, you know, instead, it was more like, okay, codependency, this is something that's new to me. Narcissism is quasi new to me, but let me um, research more about how to cope. And, you know, since I can't just quit my job or I can't just leave um, the relationship, I mean, I don't think anyone really can if they're in a working relationship um, of that caliber, you know, how to cope, how to stand strong and, and to look into those resources of how to stand strong. I feel like that's a great example of how to look at you know, your un injustice and to look at your unfairness in a transformational light, as opposed to I'm going to crush you with power, or I'm going to, you know, give you a death threat, because I'm feeling less powerful right now. And I'm, you know, like I said, it's not just my coworker who I've noticed this has been going on. There've been a lot of young men, especially who have been getting into this situation, this scenario. So the more that you can look within, and please do, I encourage you to do so, the more that you're going to find solutions. And gentlemen, I'm just going to say this for the record. Um, get rid of the fuck you bitches, because that's really sexist. It's really toxic masculinity at play. And you know what? If you're doing it to try to get dates and to look cool, it's not working. It's not going to work. You know who you're going to be with at the end of the day if you keep up with that statement? You're going to be with yourself and maybe your your Game Boy or your your PlayStation cartridge or or whatever, you know, whatever video games you're playing with, okay? You know, knock it off. If you want to you know get a date or you want to get somebody's attention, try to do it in a positive light. And again, transform all those icky, you know, whatever's icky and nasty inside of you. Look within and transform, transform that. Transform your relationship with women and start by doing that today. Because right now, um, you're coming across as though all men are evil. You're coming across as though all men can't be trusted. And I know that that's not the case. I know that's not the truth. And you guys need to start showing that. You guys need to start showing the better colors of you at this time. Um, this last week, I had a lot of situations where you guys were throwing your stuff, your, your garbage out the window, trying to hit my car, you know, trying to hit other people's cars because your temper was really nasty. Again, you got to look inside and transform within because you're not really representing your gender rather well. And this has been my PSA. I am going to slowly slide off of my soapbox and I'll begin my episode anew. But just a little remark on Pluto, this Pluto transit. Now, Pluto squared the moon had actually ended as of Friday. Thank God. Thank God and goddess on that one. But uh, when it comes down to just this Pluto shift into Aquarius, Again, I feel like this is a note for that shift as well. And as I said, on the exclusive, the exclusives, I'll get more into it as well, too. I think that that'd be a great episode topic um, along this line. So the other episode topic for today that I'd love to actually uncover. So the Stargazers, this is an idea that uh, just kind of came to me and I'm just kind of rolling with it right now. But I'm thinking of doing a series where I'm just taking an aspect uh, that's usually found in a couple, either a couple people's charts or many people's charts, exploring that aspect for a little bit 
and actually recommending like what would be good in relationships for this particular um, aspect or for this particular individual who has this aspect in their chart. So um, again, feel free to drop me a line on my Instagram page at Sandra.Misek. Again, that's M-I-S-E-K. You can also contact me via email. Uh, that is at Misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra gmail.com. Let me know what you think and uh, how you feel about this. But today we are going to be covering Sun conjunct the er, Sun conjunct Venus in the chart, otherwise known as a Venus Kazemi, is how we kind of you know phrase that. That's like our fancy term for the Sun conjunct Venus in our in uh, a chart. Now, um, normally the Venus Kazemi. It's a really rare occurrence that we find in charts, but a couple of notables who actually have this are Billy Burke. Um, if you're not familiar with Billy Burke, the guy who played Bella Swan's dad in Twilight, um, also the guy who played Mitch Morgan in Zoo. He's in his chart. He has a Venus Kazemi in Sagittarius, so the sun conjunct uh, Venus in there. Garcelle Beauvais, also most known and notable for uh, being on the Beverly Hills or the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She also has a Venus Kazemi in her chart, also in Sagittarius, like Billy Burke. There is Oprah, who has a Venus Kazemi in Aquarius, and Blake Lively, who has a Venus Kazemi in Virgo. So um, again, like I said, this is a very rare occurrence, but quite a special occurrence when it comes to Venus Kazemis. According, so I have been reading um, this, I've been reading Venus Star Rising by Ariel Gutman um, since January. I actually really need to get back into it. But in it, Ariel Gutman actually really does uh, present a very interesting aspect about Venus Kazemis in the regard that they actually, you know, when they happen as a transit, they're actually beginning a new phase within society and a new phase within like fashion and also sometimes po politics as well as socio um, situations like social situations as well too. Um, usually it's for the better. It's how we kind of, you know, how we're going to evolve when the Venus Kazemi comes up um, right now. What's uh, actually is it this last year, we moved from, so a lot of Venus Kazemis were in Scorpio, where we're kind of relying on fossil fuels. Um, and Ariel Gutman kind of explains this a little bit more, or maybe also kind of having a little bit of a fascination with the occult or with um, magic or the unseen or also just mystery in general. We're moving from that to um, the last Kazemi that we had in October of last year was in Libra. And we haven't had a Venus Kazemi in Libra since like the 1700s. And so this is very interesting. Uh, we don't have, you know, I mean, we have historical records of what happened in the 1700s, but we don't have living proof of what might have happened in the 1700s. So this is kind of like, it's almost like a repeat of the 1700s with this Venus Kazemi. And what's fascinating about this, I've been kind of tracking this throughout the year, um, even with the fashions, like in the, the spring of this year, when we went into Vogue Fashion Week as well to our Vogue, when they covered Fashion Week for the, the spring, 
what was very interesting to me is that we're kind of moving from drop-down necklines to where we're exposing more cleavage to actually having more necklines like really up towards the neck. So high necklines, um, more a little bit more form-fitting when it comes to top form-fitting tops, form-fitting clothing. But there's a lot of flares out in the leg, out in the hip. And how this relates to like the 1700s is that the you know, if you take a look at the fashion of now and then take a look at the fashion of the 1700s, they are a little bit similar. In the 1700s, same thing. Um, more bodices became more high-necked. Uh, the, there was more flares out in the legs, out in the hips. Uh, it was just, it's, it's really kind of just fascinating how we tend to repeat some of these patterns due to Venus's Kazemis as well too. So it's very interesting. And if you'd like to learn more about like Venus Kazemis, uh, what your Venus Kazemi happened to be when you were born, how this affects you or how this affects society, definitely check out Ariel Gutman's book. It is, it is called Venus Starpoint Rising. It is a really very fascinating book, um, really all the way around. And like I said, I'm, I'm actually thinking about diving right back into it. Um, I've read, you know, I, I've read a, a, a number of it, but, you know, still diving into it just that much more. It does get a little technical, but um, actually, I feel like with Heather Ariel, she actually explains it very succinctly and very wonderfully and beautifully as well, too. But getting back to Venus Kazemi's. So for those who actually have a Venus Kazemi in their chart, I find that this is actually a really special position in the regard that you may have been born during a time when there was a transition in society and there was a transition in fashion and transition in just modes of pop culture and just everything in general. So I think that that's really um, very interesting. And, you know, again, like with Blake Lively, obviously what she might have experienced as a child may have been different from what Billy Burke may have experienced, but, um, you know, or Oprah may have experienced, but it's definitely worth uh, looking into and uh, definitely um, kind of a fascinating time. But for those who have Venus Kazemis in their chart, normally these are individuals who uh, kind of like with uh, somebody who has a heavy aspect of Libra or Taurus in their charts, very diplomatic individuals. These are individuals who hate drama. Bottom line, hate it. They would rather socialize. They would rather make connections with as many people as possible. They'd rather have as many people as possible in their friend groups. They'd rather have many people as possible just in general in their lives, as opposed to being associated with people who either chuck up drama or even worse who kind of like um instigate drama by kind of causing the kind of causing a separation within the relationship with these with the, these particular individuals um these individuals really thrive and shine in social settings they're very much social butterflies uh, Venus is actually getting quite a boost with the with the sun's position right next to it what this means is that financial matters are very sound. These, these are individuals who are able to drum up a lot of business. Money is not tight. Money is not an issue for them. They have a good relationship with money. 
as well too. And then also with people, um, these are types who love to make as many connections as possible. They love people who mind their P's and Q's. I would not be surprised if manners are actually ruled by Venus as well. So they love people who are mannerly. They love people who keep the peace. And above all, they just try to keep everything harmonious, everything in their environment, everything in their home life, everything in their personal life. They just try to keep as harmonious and as drama-free as possible. Also heavy on the aesthetic, these are individuals who are also very lovely looking. You know, there's always something about them that's that kind of comes to their credit and that's, you know, that makes them very, very striking, very lovely looking as well, too. Uh, you know, for Billy Burke, the, there is um, he has a very sensual mouth for Garcelle Beauvais. She actually leans towards being lean, um, even though she has gained weight over the years. She le leans towards being lean as opposed to gaining weight. Uh, Oprah definitely has a very striking figure in my view. You know, she has a very commanding presence, um, but also a very friendly presence that um, kind of enters the room. And Blake Lively, as we all know, too, um, if you guys have fought, you know, like I said, again, with her movies and also with her relationship with Ryan Reynolds, she is very striking as well, too. Very, a very beautiful person as well. And again, I just feel it's because um, that Venus position is being heightened. And of course, the aesthetic is always heightened. I think also speaking of the aesthetic, um, these are also individuals who love pretty surroundings. They love pretty things. They love orderly homes. And they also really, really love just things that are um, of beauty. Um, so they love to appreciate artwork, finer wine, fine food. All these things really appeal to those who have Venus Kazemis in their chart. And like I mentioned earlier, um, again, drama is their biggest nightmare. I think the other biggest nightmare I'm kind of curious if you do have a Venus Kazemi in your chart, how did you actually survive the pandemic? How did you find the pandemic to be, how did you survive the pandemic? I'd love to know for those of you who do have Venus Kazemis in your chart, because I can just imagine um, if these are individuals who are social butterflies, they love to be in person with people. They love to make connections um, with this Venus Kazemi. Um, with this conjunction, I can just see where isolation would be the biggest nightmare for these particular individuals, and especially because the moon or not the moon, the sun and Venus are really very close together. They're between one to five degrees apart from each other. So really uh, closely together. So again, with that boost, um, I could just see where isolation would just be terrible for them. Um, you know, where whenever isolation, either being with friendship groups where everybody either isolates from them because they hate them for whatever reason, or like with the quarantine situation with COVID, um, if everybody is isolated from each other because of health reasons, um, I think that that's really not such a great situation. I also would say that those who have Venus Kazemis in their chart also really do their best when they confront drama or when they have um, sort of issues or any sort of issues at, at hand, either they do one of two things. 
they either run away from the drama, they kind of, you know, get away from those who are dramatic, or they do their best to fix the drama and to make sure that everybody is kind of peaceful, that they're, you know, getting along harmoniously, that everybody's happy. Very much like an Enneagram type nine, um, you know, the peacekeepers uh, in the Enneagram where basically type nines love it when people keep the peace. I'm kind of wondering if there are some type nines out there who actually do have a Venus Kazemi in their chart. That would be interesting. So when it comes to relationships, if you do have a Venus Kazemi in your chart, or you know someone who does, how do these individuals, how do they approach actual romantic relationships or working relationships? Well, one thing I would say with romantic relationships are these are individuals, you know, even though Venus indicates marriage, consistency, constancy in the chart, these are individuals who I feel because they're getting a boost from Venus and they're kind of getting a boost with their good looks they're getting a good boost with their charm, their warm-heartedness, their sociability. These are individuals who I feel like um, do actually play the field before they settle down. I don't think that that's uncommon. Um, and playing the field, not so much as a Casanova, in my view, as just, you know, really trying to surround themselves with lots of good people and kind of just seeing how um, the dating game really works, how the whole field really works in general, how it's working to their favor, or in some cases to their detriment, and just really kind of, you know, getting, you know, a kind of a feel for people when it comes to dating. So it seems like these individuals are actually playing the field when really they're just trying to get like their antenna into it as well, too. But they end up having lots of different lovers or they end up having lots of different relationships before they actually settle down. When they do settle down, however, whether or not these individuals have a North Node in their fifth house or, or a North Node in their seventh house, they really feel that um, when they do settle down, they actually feel pretty well and complete when it comes to their families. They feel like they found a, a life purpose, so to speak, and really they, um, they're really very committed to seeing that relationship through. In a way, having a family actually completes these individuals, or they kind of feel, you know, more complete than they did when they were single and kind of playing the field or single and kind of knowing the field a little bit. And they kind of wonder, it's like, what took me so long <laughs> most of the time? Or why did it take me so long? And, you know, why didn't I just jump in? And um, I think that this is a really rather um, admirable trait to those who have Venus Kazemis. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like they, you know, dismiss relationships. Actually, they take relationships very seriously. It's just, they don't, I think also, I think it goes to show they have very big hearts and having very big hearts, uh, these hearts can easily be trampled on. They can easily get very hurt and, um, you know, just making sure that they're not, you know, hurting themselves in relationships, I think is the biggest thing when it comes to individuals with Venus Kazemis. In working relationships, these are the individuals who, you know, somebody's being really dramatic um, in the workplace or in the office you know, they kind of duck away from that person or they kind of 
you know, not associate with that person. Unlike where if somebody's being really friendly to them or they're being sociable or they're working as a team, they're more than likely to also work as, you know, kind of work with those individuals more than likely. And they're also more of these individuals who are more likely and more apt to work as a team and to work as a collaborative effort. Um, again, the sociability of Venus kind of comes into play and, you know, really kind of giving pointers for the team, really kind of giving pointers to everybody of how to work as a team, but also just really um, doing so. And also making sure that while they're getting work done, that they're also part of the, you know, the the center of the, the, the being the, the social butterfly, kind of being a little bit the center of attention when it comes to that. But they do get a lot of work done. I also do not, I would not be surprised to find a lot of individuals with Venus Kazemi's forming partnerships within um, philanthropic causes or within good causes as well, too, and really um, liking people who are into philanthropy or who are into bigger causes other than themselves. That's why with Garcelle Beauvais, especially with her Venus Kazemi, I'm kind of surprised she has a friendship with uh, Sutton Strack. Even though Sutton Strack brags that she's kind of a philanthropist, she's very self-centered and she's very all about me, 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 me. Um, and I find that people who have Venus Kazemis aren't really drawn to those sort of people. You know, those people who kind of, you know, I, I, these, it, when I say philanthropic people, I mean true philanthropic people, not those who just brag about it. And also, um, you know, making sure that they're meeting people who kind of value others outside of themselves. And like I said, that's why I've kind of found um, Garcelle Beauvais' relationship to Sutton Strack to be kind of a little bit interesting. Although I think um, they have other subtle points that anchor their chart, their relationship in their, their synastry chart as well. And I think I mentioned as friends, um, these are individuals who duck away from drama, who avoid drama, and who do everything to make sure that all relations run smoothly, that they're getting along with their friends, and that basically everything is just harmonious. It's sunny peace and rainbows and sunshines and puppy dogs and kittens all the way around. So what I would recommend for someone who has a Venus Kazemi, first off, um, for those of you who have Venus Kazemis in your chart, that's definitely a wonderful aspect to have in your chart. Like I said, it's very rare, but I think it's actually a very wonderful aspect to have in your chart as well. And again, um, the rest of us who don't have Venus Kazemis really appreciate your, um, your work in remaining balanced and remaining um, peaceful and in also um, being philanthropic, both to your friends, to your family, as well as just to everyone in general um, as well. I think we have a lot that we can learn uh, from you guys. But I think really what I would recommend when it comes to relationships, particularly with romantic relationships, is to find those individuals who don't just readily go with the flow all the time. I think really it would be best to find individuals who help to anchor you. Um, a great example is like with Billy Burke or with Garcelle Beauvais. They both have uh, Venus Kazemi in Sagittarius. 
So where with this Venus Kazemi, they would rather not have drama. They'd rather avoid drama. They'd rather shut it down. They'd rather have, you know, you know, the, the sunny, rosy glasses on when it comes to their life to actually have a partner who either has aspects in either Aquarius or in Libra, I think um, would be a good fit because those individuals would be great to kind of help them to ground down when it comes to, well, gee, I want everyone to get to get along and I want everything to run smoothly. Um, these are individuals who, especially those who have aspects in Aquarius, they'd be more inclined to say, you know, I really appreciate that you like, um, you know, keeping the peace, hun. But, you know, in reality, we can't really, you know, the, you know, the only other uh, constant aside from change is also some chaos. We have to have some chaos to break. You know, I think, again, according to Hindu philosophy, sometimes we have to break up the we have to break up the stagnation of peace with the chaos in order to come and evolve and learn our moksha or our enlightenment, but also come and learn a lot more about life as is. So, you know, to have a partner to say, you know, it's great that you want to keep the peace, but sometimes you have to face through conflict in order to learn something new and in order to come back out on top. And it's like, maybe you can, um, you know, deal with the conflict, but Maybe also you might have a better grace at smoothing stuff out, you know, through this conflict. Somebody might not like you at the end, but you're still, you're still credited with, you know, smoothing the rough patches out. I would also say that this is really great, um, you know, to have someone who grounds you when it comes to, you know, again, within any relationship, even if these um, particular individuals are married, they will have a lot of different friends and a lot of different acquaintances outside the relationship. So to have someone who is grounded and who can actually be really cool with the extra acquaintances and not get really possessive and not get really jealous and cloud um, the, the person who has this Venus Kazemi, not cloud their judgment or not cloud their sunny day, I think is also very important when it comes to relationships to have that person who is really grounded, really centered, and who really can roll with the punches with this individual, maybe even add a couple of other acquaintances that both individuals can get along with, but also that could open up the insights of that person who has the Venus Kazemi, can open up more acquaintances for that person who has the Venus Kazemi as well. Because these are individuals who like mannerly, like people who mind their P's and Q's, actually having a lady or a gentleman in their life would really be a good, um, I think that'd really be a good situation also within relationships, having somebody who opens the door for them, having somebody who, you know, if they're feeling a little verklempt, you know, through, you know, because of a really great movie who offers a handkerchief to them, to have someone who um, pulls out the chair for them, to have someone who just kind of shows courtesy. And also, again, you know, if P's and Q's, like your manners can actually be minded, the more the better, I think, with me, with those who have a Venus Kazemi. But also, I think, um, you know, being ladylike or gentlemanly-like, I think, goes a long way with them. 
um, you know, again, because manners and, you know, proper decorum really goes a long way um, for these individuals as well. And really kind of, you know, really making an effort to um, bring out those P's and Q's as well, too, for those who have that, that Venus Kazemi. I think something else that can go to show with Venus Kazemis, along with being grounded, an individual who is also willing to um, accept, I mean, this, with Venus Kazemis, they give a lot of love, a lot of affection. So someone who's very patient when it comes to being very close to, the, to their partner, you know, not having a problem not shirking away from commitment and not having an issue with commitment when it comes to being really close and being very intimate with this partner. I think the more intimate that you can become with somebody who has a Venus Kazemi, the better. Um, because again, with that Venus aspect, you know, the Venus aspect increasing, Venus is usually again, commitment um, in relationships, but also I think closeness. Um, within relationships and becoming intimate and becoming really just kind of nice and close and really um, wanting to find somebody who is trustworthy. So obviously somebody who can be very trustworthy and someone who can also be very patient with these individuals when it comes to closeness as well too, I think is also a good trait for this particular individual. And I think just above all, somebody who, again, can, you know, be patient with the demands of somebody who has a Venus Kazemi, you know, being able to um, try their best to keep the peace, even though, you know, chaos does ensue. Sometimes disagreements do happen, you know, trying to do their best to really not have that disagreement be everything in the relationship, like if a disagreement happens Having someone who can kind of, again, roll with the punches, kind of, you know, flow with the, the, the stream a little bit and still keep the relationship alive as well, too. Um, I think above all, though, for these individuals, grounded. Grounded individuals, I think, is like the key word for someone who has a Venus Kazemi in their chart. Well, stargazers, again, tell me how you how you like this episode, how you like these ideas, and I could cover more um, other aspects in somebody you know found in other people's charts and how what I would recommend, you know, the person and the qualities and traits that I would recommend when it comes to relationships. Um, and just above all, stargazers, I really do hope that I do find you guys well, especially with this. Pluto shift and also to Mars made a shift as well too, right? Right in opposition to Pluto. Uh, Mars moved from Cancer to Leo um, all of a sudden. So I'm just like, oh, wow. There's just a ton of like, you know, power, you know, power hungry and fiery energy left and right. So um, I really do hope that everyone is at their best, that everyone is well, that unlike me, you're not dealing with a coworker who is prone to having fits of temper and prone to having, you know, making death threats. I also hope that you're in a clear environment, just in case you couldn't hear it from my voice. Um, I've been trying to keep my voice intact and keeping it together. But uh, especially in the Denver metro area, we've had some very smoggy, smoky conditions. I really hope that you guys are you know, that everyone has clearer skies and clearer conditions around in their areas. 
and not dealing with smoke situations or high UV or high precautionary situations for those who are sensitive individuals. But above all, stargazers, don't be afraid to look up at the stars. Uh, we are actually under a new moon. Um, as of currently, as of Friday, we actually started the new moon. So at any point now, we should be able to see the, the fingernail in the sky, the nice little crescent moon. And, uh, you know, there's also just, again, you know, the, the stars, I feel like if nothing else, if like, you know, Pluto's motions are getting to you or Mars and Leo is getting to you as well, um, it's a great way to just take a break from those individuals who are being drama queens in your life or just from individuals um, in general, just from individual circumstances in general. But above all, we um, learn our roots of astrology as we look up at the stars. And as I said earlier, I just hope that everyone is well. Uh, between this week and next week, Stargazers, I do hope to find you all well and in good health, in good spirits, and in good company. And until then, Stargazers.